Machine Gun Kelly? That's who this is? <laughs> no. This Machine Gun no, Kelly? This is Megan Fox. Close. <laughs> yes. She's not a musician. Good old Tony. She's not a magician. <laughs> she's not a musician. But she is a magician. I don't know if that's the case. That's what the blood's for. Who's this? I don't know. Jake. Jake. On this, this is probably something up your alley here. Come on. You're looking at the wrong people over here. Yeah, I can't help you really? on this one. I don't know. Why is it feels that up like, my It feels alley. like there should be a system to let us know what we're actually playing at times in case four people in the room are unaware of what it actually is. But I just, people do I, call I and ask every once in a oh, while. Do they? Too. No, they do. Yeah, they I, do. Just, we, I just asked because the last time I asked, it actually it, it, it ended in, uh, up in a, a pretty weird conversation. It did. Which And then I, 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 t- I tweeted at you last night. I yes. went home and like the first thing... I turn on the television. I quick. I quickly. You hit the guide. Because I'm like, I'm gonna go throw uh, throw on what's on uh, TNT for NBA tonight. And so I zip through the guide, and then I quickly stumble upon. I don't even know what was it. Some some movie that uh, Megan Fox was starring in. I know you sent that to us. Like you you took a screenshot of it. And then so then <laughs> then I click on it, and uh, I kid you not, my son Alex was eating dinner. He's and, like, Dad, let's watch this. Well, no. He, oh, no, Jennifer's he said, Body was yes, the movie. Jennifer's he, Body. Alex says, oh, Dad, I, I hear she's got uh, toe thumbs. No, he has no idea who Megan Fox is. And honestly, he gets very queasy when there's any inference of romance. He does not like He's not into the that. idea yeah. of uh, any Like, he actually, we, we watched Top Gun Maverick over the holidays. And then we decided to watch the original with the kids, which is rated PG, by the way. Yeah. not it, uh, The ch- times have changed. It doesn't feel like a PG movie, by the way. No. The, it feels definitely PG-13. I loved both. Can I tell you real quick, the one, one of the things, uh, you know I'm strange, and a lot I notice weird things. Tom Cruise looks so much better today than he did back then. And he's probably, what, 35 years <laughs> yes, older? Yes, yes. Looks so much better. Like, I, I'm not naive. I understand that you can fix stuff. Yes. But yes. he looks like he's more handsome today than he was. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a little bit of a plastic look, especially with if you watch them like on consecutive nights, like I did. You can basically see oh, the, the difference. It, it's pretty apparent. Yeah. But yes, I would say if you had to pick, like, yeah, it's pretty close to. I've been offered Botox. Uh huh. I won't get it. I'm yeah. afraid of it. Huh. I have. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, people do it. Have have at it. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying. I, I, I think the problem is you don't want to become addicted to the Botox. No, look I don't even know about sudden, that. Yeah, you're, I just, you're walking around like a like a lion face. You yeah. want like a little lip filler or something? Water? I'm not doing that's that either, collagen. Jake. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Listen, you, what you see is what you get. It ain't impressive, but that's all right. 100 percent pure waddle. Right. By there. the way, do you know what I did see last night? I didn't see. I wasn't perusing. I did not go into the guide like you did and type in Megan Fox. I did not do that. I went in and watched Kaleidoscope, which was Carmen's suggestion. Yeah. Uh, on Netflix. It, yes, on Netflix. I saw the first, uh, I saw four episodes. I know it's one of these shows where you don't have to watch the episodes. Hey, hey you're killing what to watch for here, my friend. You better give us something well, I'm else. Just, I, oh, right. I have other stuff. All right, sorry. Right, just I, no, sure. yeah, I watch more TV than anyone. I'm a professional television watcher. You know, I quit parenting <laughs> yes. five years ago. You've made this point, yes. Yeah. All right, so we'll get you caught up on what to watch for coming your way at 445, as we do every Friday on Waddle and Sylvie Meller in for Sylvie today. All right, so before we... Uh, do discuss with Courtney Curran and what she's expecting to see from the Bears on Sunday. I want to share with folks what Chase Claypool had to say yesterday. He is uh, not happy with the losing that's been done. And obviously he had a bit of an outburst this past Sunday on the sidelines. So I think that's where some of this comes from. Chase Claypool, though, discussing the team 
and the mentality not to be okay with losing. Just a buildup of that game, you know, like, you know, like, I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what the score is. Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21, like, I still think we can win. And I want, I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three an hour, like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before, and I guess we know how to lose. It's like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort and, like, damn, this just happened last week or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. we got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. Yeah, I don't have a problem with, with – I, I know he's only been here a short time, and he's just, what, his third year in the league. I don't have a problem with Chase Claypool trying to, you know, express some leadership inside the locker room. Uh, I think it's going to be necessary. So uh, I agree with it. I, I am not worried about it until next year. You know how I feel. Next year's gets real for me. This year was what it was, and I expected it to be difficult, bumpy, and – and uncomfortable at times. Maybe we were hoping for a little more from Chase Claypool on no the field. No question about that. No question. But he's still got plenty of time to make things right. And the fortunate thing for, you know, maybe the fortunate thing with all the losing the Bears have been doing is that the expectations for him haven't been as high as they will be next year when hopefully the Bears are in a better place. Here's a little more from Claypool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, even if even if it was you know thirty one ten or whatever in the third quarter, like we can still win that game. You see the Vikings did 30, 33-0 at halftime. Like we're always in every game, no matter you know what the score is for the most part, until that uh, final whistle blows. So it's like I just want to feel that belief. I want to feel it. You know, like because we're a good team. We're gonna be a good team next year, but we have to be real uncomfortable losing. I would say this too. He seems to articulate a lot of the same sentiments you detected. On, Monday, on Tuesday when we came in, and you said, look, this felt like the first game where the Bears let off. Yeah. Let off on the rope. Let, let go of the let rope. Let go of the yeah. rope. So, I mean, and, and I don't think that has been part of their DNA to this point. Not a talented team, but a team that has played hard. I didn't see as much of that uh, in Detroit on Sunday. But, you know, we'll see how they uh, respond uh, this Sunday. I don't think it'll look pretty, but um, at this point for... Most of us, the 2022 season had, for the most part, been tucked away. Yes, it definitely feels that way. It's not over for Courtney Cronin yet, though. She is. She can't all, wait for it to be yeah. over. I, you know what? I think if, if she was being she, honest with us. she Well, let's ask her. She'll, uh, she'll be in attendance for the Bears game against the Vikings at Soldier Field on Sunday. Courtney, what are you looking forward to from this Bears-Lions game? I'm sorry, Bears-Vikings game on Sunday that is, for the most part, meaningless for the Bears. They don't want to win. That's I for mean, sure. I am excited to see my friends from Minnesota. <laughs> Got a lot of friends on that other sideline and in the press box, too. But, no, I mean, it's going to be interesting to scoreboard watch a little bit and see what's going on in the Houston game to keep track on whether they're going to get the number one overall pick, assuming they lose this game. So there's a lot at stake. Oddly enough, for a team that, you know, in the, in the short term, this game doesn't mean anything, but the long-term implications, I mean, I think that it's Bears victory Monday for <laughs> everyone next week if yeah. If they end up losing and getting the number one overall pick, you're going to have a really excited fan base. What do you expect from the Vikings? I, I mean, I look, this has been a dizzying exercise trying to figure out who's playing for yeah. what. I know they're in the postseason, but what are you expecting from them? Yeah, so their offensive line is, like, super banged up. Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, went on IR. Uh, I think Garrett Bradbury is dealing with some back injuries. So they've had, like, a lot of moving parts. I and I guess the Darius Smith isn't. Pr- I don't know. Like the, you're right. Like it's it's you're trying to figure out like who's ac- actually injured, who's playing, who's not playing. How long are they going to be playing for? I would imagine that they're going to end up doing 
what you would expect from a team that's already locked up its spot in the postseason and still has something to play for here. I mean, the two seed is in play, but it kind of feels unrealistic because Arizona's probably not going to lose to this or beat the San Francisco 49ers. And plus, that game's not until later in the day. So I would imagine they'll probably play their starters at least through the first quarter. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get pulled in the second quarter and not play a whole half, but there will be a lot of rotating parts yeah. in for this Minnesota team. Because it's just, I mean, there's really no, no reason that they have to have their starters out there, especially behind a patchwork offensive line. Like, that's the thing with Cousins. Like, he's had pretty good pass protection this year because Christian Derrissaw has been a solid addition for them. Uh, they're, you know, former first-rounder from a year ago. And Brian O'Neill is just a stalwart at right tackle. Now a lot of that changes because of these injuries, and I don't think you want to put him in a situation where he gets hurt or, I mean, even though he is such a durable quarterback, I mean, he needs good pass protection for his timing behind there to be able to to make plays. So you you don't if you're Minnesota, you're not trying to put him in a situation where he doesn't have. Do you that. think? Do you, are, are you like most that doesn't that that don't think that these Vikings will have much traction in the postseason despite their record? Yeah, I I. I did an exercise on a podcast about this the other day, just like a pie chart of what you think their chances are for you know making it out of the first round, making it out of the second round. I think that they end their season in the divisional playoffs because they'll run into a team that is much harder to beat than than the New York Giants, the team that they're currently matched up with. And I, I just there's a lot that doesn't make sense about this Vikings team. <laughs> they're kind of an enigma at twelve and four, and it, it's hard because like you don't. Like we've tried to poke holes in the record, and you can't necessarily do that, but you can poke holes in areas of this team that are going to get exposed and that have been exposed. And the thing with Minnesota is every time you've needed them to go and win a big game, they haven't done it. They haven't delivered. I mean, Philly was one thing in Week 2 on Monday Night Football, coming off their first emotional win that they had over Green Bay in Week 1. And then the way that they lost to Dallas and the way they lost to Green Bay last week, like, that's them kind of falling back to earth. And when you see those sorts of moments, that's what I think that Vikings fan base, at least the ones who are kind of rational about like how this year has played out, that there has been some, you know, some really good breaks for them this year that they're expecting kind of regressing to the mean at the worst possible time. Um, and that would probably be a second round exit. Yeah. Courtney Cronin joining us here on Waddle and Sylvie Meller in for Sylvie today. All right, so we know that Nathan Peterman is going to be starting for the Bears. Justin Fields was shut down. Matt Eberflus opened the door on Monday about the possibility of him being banged up. Then they said they sent him for an MRI, and they obviously shut him down on Wednesday. I guess, and to your point, Courtney, it makes all the sense in the world because the Bears losing is definitely a victory for the franchise going forward. But I wonder... If this was just a a week earlier, and so, for instance, if this was the 16th game of the season for the Bears and not the 17th game of the season, Hmm. do you think Justin Fields would be playing this week? Yeah, Eberflus said that it would be the same because it's a, you know, he has the hip strain, which, you know, I just, it's hard to believe that, you know, it's hard to take uh, what Eberflus said more than just at face value because think about what happened in, in Detroit. They're down by four touchdowns, and he's still playing late in the game. And you knew at that time that he was hurt because he was getting stretched out on the sideline. He was he paid a visit to the medical tent. So I would imagine, I mean, he's somebody who lobbies to play. He wants to play, even if it might be to his own detriment, that if this was week 16, he probably would have been limited on the injury report. 
during the week, he probably would have been less than, you know, more than uh, no-go, which is what he was all week. He was DNP. But, you know, I... He's, it, it, people have brought up the question of, well, why was he able to play through the shoulder injury, which you know he had in week 10 and then had to sit out week 11, but then came back, and why couldn't he play through this one? I think people are just trying to figure out, okay, well, is this a strategic move? Are the Bears admitting, yeah, we, we don't want to win this game? And that's fine, but, I mean, either way, like he has a legitimate injury. I mean, that's just that's kind of what this boils down to, that he is dealing with a hip hip strain. It's not a long-term thing, and Honestly, if this was any other point of the of the season, I think he'd be playing through it. Courtney's brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Courtney, anybody else that is expected to not see much action or will be out that maybe we're not expecting? Yeah, Iberflu said that they were going to go through their substitution patterns today, just of like what their strategy is going to be, because there's, to his knowledge, he said there was nobody else that wasn't on the injury report. So any of the guys that have been ruled out or that are questionable and might not play, he didn't say there was anybody yet, but I mean, that means that your Cody Whitehairs, your Chase Claypools, David Montgomery told us he's playing this week. Cole Komet told us he's playing this week. I think they'll be smart about it, though, because, you know, this is their last chance to evaluate. Like, if you truly think you can get a jump start on the following year and guys who might stick as depth pieces on your team, like, you can do use the third and fourth quarter absolutely, to try to get a better evaluation on some guys that you just haven't seen play a lot. And, and Eberflus did say that there would be the chance for you know certain guys who have you know earned it and they want to get a better look on to play more. But I, as, as of right now, I don't think we're going to end up on Sunday morning having all these starters out uh, just as healthy scratches. Courtney, we've gone through the thought exercise the last couple days about the Bears if they end up with one of these top two picks. With two quarterbacks on the board, you know, three quarterbacks, essentially, when you look at all the mock drafts. But definitely Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud seem to be at the top of the list. And, of course, Will Levis in the mix as well. Is there enough breadcrumbs to lead you to believe that there's any percent chance at all that Ryan Poles and the Bears would consider trading Justin Fields and actually drafting a quarterback? Yeah, I know this has come up, and I, I would love to know where this started. Um, because Waddle and I started on Tuesday. Well, no, I mean, guys- <laughs> listen, this is where it start's from me, yeah. so I'll answer the question. I, I don't. It's not what I would do. No, it's yeah. not what yeah. I would do. So, and would. There's a but in this league when the existing front office isn't responsible for drafting the quarterback that is currently playing for you, and you factor in the concept of having possibly the number one overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft. They will never, here's hoping, they never find themselves in this position ever again. Mm -hmm. I just think that the question isn't for me, Courtney, honestly, because I I wouldn't do that. I would build around Justin. I don't think he's a finished product by any stretch, but I would work with him and get better in other positions. But the question is, is Ryan Poles convinced? And when you yeah. read some of the, you know, some of the things that other people say, you know, or they're reporting that there may be a question as to whether or not they're 100 percent sold, then I think it is a valid question. Do you believe being around this team all year that Ryan Poles is sold 100 percent or do you think there is any chance that he would pivot and go in a different direction which would put the spotlight on him like you can't imagine no and I mean like I think just the question itself is one where it came into play because all of a sudden the number one pick you know 
is in reach now. I mean, a couple weeks ago, it didn't feel like that was going to be the case. But now that it is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, all options are available. And you bring up a great point because this front office – I can't, I can't logically see them pivoting course here, but I mean, it's not like if you listen back the, on, on the interviews that we had with Eberflus, with, with Luke Getze, and everything from just this week, you'd think, man, there weren't any like super ringing, ringing endorsements like of Justin Fields. I mean, they talked about like he's gotten better in these areas, but he's still an incomplete product. And I get that. Like, I'm with you. I think you build around him. I think that you have a franchise guy. I just, I wonder about the temptation that's there, though, that at the top of the draft board, a position that they didn't think that they would be in, if C.J. Stroud is available at number one, if Bryce Young, whoever's going first, mm-hmm. I think I, I just, I don't completely rule it out, but it's really nothing against Fields. It's more so that right. like if you find yourself in that spot, you at least have to give it some thought. Um, could I see them? Do, do I think it'll happen? No, I don't. I think that you could absolutely put yourself in a great spot to trade back and get a lot of draft capital because there's going to be some team that we're, that we're not thinking about right now because we know that Detroit probably is drafting a quarterback since they've got a high draft pick from the trade with the Rams. Um, uh, you know, there's the other, the, you know, Houston, like the, the obvious teams. But what about Indianapolis, the Colts. Indianapolis. Yep, yeah. Washington's further down yeah. the draft board, and yep. they're going to need a quarterback. So are they going to try to, like, leapfrog all these other teams? And then is there some surprise team in the later portion of round one that wants to get in on the action? Or maybe even a team that doesn't have a first-round draft pick that realizes it's in that spot where, you know, they need one this year. So I don't know. I feel like Chicago's going to have a ton of options, though, if that happens. And even if they're at number two, I think personally, you st- if, if this whole thing ends up not going the way that Bears fans want it to this week and they don't end up with the number one pick, I think they'd be hard-pressed to move from two because I think Jalen Carter's gone really? by the fourth pick. I really do. Like, every mock I've seen for whether you know from ESPN, whether it's like Todd McShay, Jordan Reed, they've got him gone by three or four, and I don't think you want to hedge, like even moving back a spot in somebody who could be a generational player for you and, and immediately contribute to fixing your pass rush at arguably the most important spot. I think that the reason why this is up for, I won't say debate, but up, up, up to question is because we don't have a significant track record for Ryan Poles. Sure. We've seen sure, what he's absolutely. done in one year, but we just don't, we don't know the tendencies. Right now the tendencies are they didn't make a lot of offensive, you know, positive offset, offensive decisions. And that's kind of concerning. But overall, I think that the the reason why we even entertain the question is because we're not really that familiar with the new brain trust up there. A hundred percent. And you got to think, too, where he came from. I mean, he spent his entire career before the Bears in Kansas City, a team that has drafted first overall. I think that was 2013, and that was Eric Fisher. And obviously, he wasn't making those calls, but he was a part of that, building his own philosophy. He was in those draft meetings. He was a part of the process of, of them selecting a player first overall and 32nd. So I think you're going to get a chance this year to see just how good of an evaluator Ryan Poles is and what this draft class looks like. Because, And, and even before then, we'll find out his philosophy on paying running backs. Is he going to try to keep David Montgomery around on a reduced deal, not a record-setting reset-the-market deal? But if you like him, is that somebody that you're willing to pay? And then we'll also see just with the extensions that are going to be on the table. Jalen Johnson, is that one that the team's going to want to get done right away? Is Eddie Jackson's cap 
too high for this team. Uh, I think it's like the seventh highest among all safeties, plus he's coming off the Liz Frank. Like, we're going to get a chance to really evaluate the GMing that he does and all the decisions that he makes based on this draft. Because you're right, Waddle. We just don't know a lot about his philosophy yet because this past year was just plugging holes and trying to get as much, just trying to feel a team, if we're being frank about it. The one bold move he did make on offense was the acquisition of Chase Claypool, who we played before we brought you in, Courtney, him talking about not being satisfied with losses here. What were your thoughts about his comments yesterday and just where he is on the pecking order of this uh, roster going forward? I thought they were... uh, I was pleased to hear that it wasn't like he wasn't trying to sweep it under the rug or you know say that you know we were blowing up an incident that uh didn't need to be talked about anymore i thought that was a very honest conversation that he had and he's right like this is your division rival and you got blown out of the building but that you got outclassed not just on offense when you couldn't move the ball beyond that first drive but everything that happened defensively with this team giving up 500 something yards of offense to a you know a, a Detroit team that could very well end up in the playoffs this weekend but one that you really weren't that far away from at points this season so i think it's the frustration of that mounting and you can you can make those comments now because everybody like you know this the season hasn't gone according to plan for anybody and it's the end of the year people are frustrated and i do think that there were moments that lacked effort so to speak last week i think that's a pretty obvious one but if you're Chase Claypool and making those comments, next year you need to be able to back that up and produce because this team did spend a second-round draft pick on you, which is probably going to be 32nd, 33rd, or 34th in the draft order. Y- you got to produce, and because you know if you're going to make comments like that, your words have to back up your actions, showing that you know you have the pride and you have the heart, and it's not just a sideline blow-up. Uh, Courtney, before we let you go, uh, your thoughts on. What the NFL has decided to do, a very difficult situation. There was no perfect solution, at least in my, in my opinion. Uh, your thoughts on how they decided to, to lay this thing out for the postseason in the AFC? Yeah, I think it, this was – they went back to their rule book, right, to be able to get the owner's vote on this G1 or whatever the proposal is. Like, I was having a heck of a time trying to figure this whole thing out and all of the scenarios because it was confusing. But I think this is probably you weren't going to please everybody with this. And I know that Zach Taylor talked about, you know, just just follow the rules because of the, them changing it to the win percentage thing. That's kind of unfair to do it now. Like, but as far as the neutral site game, like I think that's probably the smartest play for the AFC championship and just you know, coming out of a really rough week to be able to have some resolution on this. I mean, first and foremost, to not play Bills Bengals again was the right call. I don't think anybody's going to disagree on that. But it's um, you weren't going to make everybody happy with this in the AFC. But I do think that at least now that we have a resolution, you can you can kind of keep your eye on that and expect that their teams are just going to move forward with it. Good stuff. Thanks, Courtney. Appreciate it, as always. Thanks, Thank Courtney. you, guys. Take care. Courtney Bye. Cronin. She covers the Bears for ESPN and for us here at ESPN Chicago. It is, it is ironic. I mean, over the course of time, ironic, maybe not the right word, but as, as you kind of digest all of it, as you keep going back to the same thought. The, the team of the 31 other teams, the one team that was most compassionate in the entire situation and maybe affected the most is the one that got screwed. Yes. The if, in fact, you can attach the label yes. of, we got screwed. Nuts and bolts. Would, Nuts and bolts. We got screwed. Like, you would point to the Bengals and say they were the team that got, 
why don't we just call it the, sh- they, they drew the short straw. Yes. They didn't even draw it. They were given the short straw. <laughs> you didn't get a chance to draw the short straw. straw. This is your straw. It's a tiny straw. Don't try to drink out of it. Have fun. Crazy. You get, uh, here's a straw and here's a coin because we're going to flip it for home field advantage if you lose to the Ravens. Go Jake, beat them. It, by the way, uh, Jake gave me some stories today. Yeah. You need to bring to your All attention. All right. To I like world. that. I love that reaction from Waddle. As we get set for Waddle's World, we'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. 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 Yeah, why not? Let's get weird. It's Friday. Yeah. Waddles Weird World. Friday. Brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Uh, a lot of football news for you. Uh, kind of to recap uh, what the news of the day was, and that is great news coming out of Cincinnati where uh, DeMar Hamlin has had his breathing tube removed and actually was able to FaceTime his teammates today. Sean uh, McDermott had a nice press conference discussing some of the things that happened, but uh, progress remarkable. Uh, His neurological function remains intact per the physicians. He's been able to talk. Hamlin has been able to FaceTime with teammates, telling players and coaches, love you boys. All around good story. Progress still needs to be made, but... uh, the news coming out of the Cincinnati uh, University of Cincinnati Medical Center is all good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, uplifting, too, when we started the week on Monday the way we did. To be here on Friday, I think, is about as about as good as we could have hoped when you really think about the scene that unfolded on Monday night. So, yeah. very encouraging. Um, and as we, we told you to start the show today as well, the NFL has approved the plan for possible neutral sites. Uh, AFC title game scenarios. Owners have approved a plan that leaves open the possibility that a neutral site will be needed for an AFC championship game. It could determine home field for a wild card game between the Bengals and the Ravens by a coin flip. We went through all of this. The potential neutral sites have not been determined yet. I heard the fellas talking about this earlier. The... uh, (laughs) I thought Black had a good response when somebody suggested maybe Soldier Field. He said no, or whatever it was. <laughs> what did Chris say? He kind of laughed or said, like, I, I don't imagine that Soldier Field would be. I know it's centrally located, but yeah. I think you would choose Lucas Oil Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium in, in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis before you choose Soldier Field on the lake. Yes, I would think, uh, yeah, a thousand times over you would take Lucas Oil over Soldier Field in um, January. I, yeah, and the plan changes were made over the objection of the Bengals, it says yes, here. Yes. Uh, with Ka- uh, Coach Zach Thomas, Zach, Zach Taylor. Taylor, saying his team felt it was at a disadvantage by the proposal. I think they, again, as we've said now for better than two hours, yes, yes. I think that the Bengals are the team that probably has the biggest gripe. Not probably. Yeah. There's no question has the biggest gripe. They are the one team that um, it doesn't really benefit much at all. Uh, they have to. If they lose to the Ravens on Sunday, 
They will still they will win the AFC North no matter what. Yeah. But they will still have to if they lose to the Ravens, flip a coin to see who has home field flip advantage. A coin, buddy. If they play each other in the AFC wild card game because of the seeding, because the Ravens will have beaten the Bengals twice, even though they won't have they will have one more loss on the season. And despite that, the Bengals will not get to flip a coin if they play the Bills in essentially what would be the same scenario that they're dealing with with the Ravens. So that's I agree with the Bengals. They definitely are getting the short end of the stick here. As our resident fantasy football expert as well, yeah. has there been any uniform resolution so, to what is going to... And again, I get it. People are going to say, that is so trivial. You are correct, but we've given you the disclaimer up yeah. front. The health and progress of DeMar Hamlin and his medical situation it is, is one, the most important issue. It is, yes, of course. And but again, these are ancillary things that are that do need to be talked about because of what transpired Monday in Cincinnati. To the point that Yurko brought up earlier during crosstalk, the reason why 82 or whatever it was of the highest-rated programs on television are football games, part of the driving factor is the interest in not just gambling but fantasy football. No doubt. And so fantasy football, most leagues were in the middle of their championship week, and of course the horrible events make the game a no-contest. What most platforms have done, unfortunately, is it is basically ended the championship because most leagues don't carry into the 18th week. Most end them after 17 weeks. So what most platforms have done is basically ended the week and your score is your score. So okay. if you had Bengals or Bills players, unfortunately, they probably didn't get you many points, if any at all. I will say... Most of those same platforms, though, what they do allow is for commissioners of their leagues to go ahead and change the matchups if they see fit, if the league chooses to do so. So what you can do, if you'd like to, you can allow whoever had Bills or Bengals players, you could go in as the commissioner of your league and allow those players. You can you can have their scores from this Sunday just be entered in place gotcha. of what happened. That would be, in my opinion an equitable way to go forward with it. But if you're just going off of the way the platforms have done it, that's it. Game is over. Week is over. No points from most of the players who played in those games. And as the self uh, self-proclaimed douche of the week... Um, I don't know if I you, phrased I, it that way. Well, I, I think that you acknowledged that you were a douche yes. for your... your the winds pool. The, our winds pool here on the show. Yes. You I, had, both the, I the you Bengals, had both the Bengals and the Bills. Yeah, I selected both the Bengals and Bills. And you so, were two behind Sylvie at this current moment? Correct. So what happens is when you when we all have we all have eight teams in our winds pool, what happens is when your teams go head to head, it's not a bad thing because you secure at least one win. That's right, you're gonna go five hundred. Unless your game is ruled a no contest. Yes. And then I think the fact that you brought, I think he brought this up on like Tuesday, didn't he? Like that's when he said, yeah, yeah. he did. Am I induced for saying no, we no, talked no. about it? It was no. January I, 3rd and it, we had a front runner for douche of the year. Yeah, I, did did. Not, I did yeah. not, I did not Good ask call. the question. I said, knowingly, listen, I understand this is not important. I'm just bringing it to the attention of others. That I have both the Bengals and Bills but in our win pool. But you proclaimed yourself. And I said, I know this is a douchey thing yeah. to bring up. Douche of the year. And then I think it was Tyler who said, we have a front runner. For douche I know of it's the only year. January 3rd, but yeah, we have a strong 
Strong favorite. contender. Yep. Strong favorite for it. I, and I what? Listen, I wasn't asking for the game to be resumed. I yeah. understand it. I'm just saying. I feel like the Bengals in this scenario. By the way, just a little preview as well. We'll do like it, love it at 4:30, and somebody I know may have walked down somebody who was strutting like a peacock for the majority of the season. Just saying. Somebody, yeah. We'll I, I think that, that somebody might have actually laughed everybody else, too, by the uh, way. Sounds like this, according to Kevin Seifert, who covers the Vikings for ESPN, sounds like the Vikings are sticking with their plans to open Sunday's game with their regular starters. But Kevin O'Connell, their coach, indicated there is a plan to potentially rotate them out to protect health and get reps for others. Let's not mess around here, Vikings. Two drives, two touchdowns, jump up 14 to nothing. We can all just go home and run the ball. Run, run the clock out. Yeah. Get out of there with the 14 nothing victory. Everybody on that field will be happy on Sunday. Listen, I, I'm going to predict that the Vikings win this game fairly handily, but I'm not going to lie. Look, when if I was in the Bears, if I was a player on the Bears, and I, you know, I'm trying to establish my career, I'm going to go out there and give you everything I got. Make plays. Yeah. And if you're doing it against backups against the Vikings. God help us. I'm just saying, like. God help us. I'm not predicting a Bears win. Nathan Peterman goes out there and drops. But if you're Nathan Peterman. I I understand. You're absolutely right. Like Nathan Peterman go out there and throw for 310 and win the game. And that does wonders for Nathan Peterman's job security going forward. No, I agree. That's why. Let's uh, let's root for the what best do you do? here. You let's... cut him a check for like five mil to start throwing picks instead of touchdowns? Who are you? We may Ste- not need to you? cut a check for are that. You, are you Stephen Ross over there? Take say, it easy. Are you saying that that just may naturally happen? Yeah. Have you Have you watched the Vikings play defense? Have you watched Nathan Peterman play quarterback? Touche. Not, not in a long time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he's, right. he's, not not really. he's not allowed. He's not allowed. He's movable object. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I hope they don't. Boy, God help us if the Bears win this. If the Bears win on Sunday, I am I'm not prepared for the show that's going to take place on Monday just yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, amid reports that television networks are interested in hiring Sean McVay as an analyst for next season, the Rams coach said the continued interest is flattering, but I want to be here right now. Focus on that. And that's where I'm at. This this had a little bit of steam behind it last offseason when they had won the Super Bowl. Like you really think Sean McVay at the age of 36 is looking to walk away as head coach of the, the Los know, Angeles Rams to go into a tele, uh, television here's the thing. I think, it, though, it's actually much more likely this offseason because Matthew Stafford has been injured. They don't have draft picks forever. You don't want to ride into the television that's booth what, after a disastrous year. That's kind of what Sean Payton that's, did. Yes, Tyler, that's exactly what I was thinking. You yeah, but what? Sean Payton was how old? Sean McVay's 36. But Sean Payton's goal was always going yeah. to be to come back coach. Listen. Like, Sean McVay's not going to be done forever. He may go do TV, do it very lucratively, too, for a year or two, and then come back and when the, the situation no. is a little more under control let, in let, L.A. Let the Rams uh, restock the draft picks. Well, how, that will take forever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why he steps away for two or three years. No, I, I mean, you, listen, you still get traded. He still believes that Stafford comes back next year. You get your guys healthier than they were this year, and you come back and Boy, compete again. All I can say is... They are so fortunate that it played out the way it did for them to secure that Super Bowl. You know, because Odell... You fortune. 
I mean, how do you become fortunate to win a okay. Super Bowl? They took it. You got to be more than just. They fortunate. took advantage. They were fortunate that. Well, who was the 49ers player who dropped the interception in the NFC Championship game? Well, we could talk. No, no, I but, mean, so, no, I mean, but my like, point we could is, do that though, all the time. That I think when they traded for Matthew Stafford, they certainly were making a run at the Super Bowl last year. No doubt. But I also think. They thought they would have a little bit longer run. They didn't think it would fall well, apart Stafford as got quickly. Hurt. I know, but everyone the point is, got hurt. He's Stafford's what thirty four now with a back injury, and I don't know, and, and he also an elbow injury that he was dealing with all year long. So I don't know if the Rams and Matthew Stafford's career is going to unfold the way they thought it might when they initially traded for him. Yeah, I mean that team is built to win now. No, no, no. That team he- was built to win last year. Now they're not built to win. Well, I mean, like, it's more than a one-year expiration date on them. They didn't build that team thinking we got one year to win it. And that's what I'm saying. But I think the reality is they that might have been their only window. The window might be closed on the I, Rams. I don't think so. I think, think we, so? I think we live in the moment so much that oh, right, there's no way Matthew Stafford's coming back. Yeah, he's 34. Live he's every 33. moment like it's your last, my I get friends. it, but, like, you know, Cooper Cup will come back. Aaron Donald probably going to come back. He still makes $30 million a year. Jalen Ramsey's coming back. You'll fill some holes here and there. And I mean, like, I just don't, I mean, I, like. Eight wins next year? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many wins, but. By the way, Michigan is under NCAA investigation. Uh, but yeah, that's why your boy is not texting you back. Yeah, I can't have a trail. That's not true. I was. These are all minor things, right? Am I reading this right? You're a college expert, Tyler. Uh, I heard sounds, one. Sounds I heard like one, somebody trying to. I heard uh, one of the the incidents was that Jim Harbaugh bought a dude a hamburger somewhere. I think it, a lot of this is going to be contingent Seriously. on how he. Uh, Timeout, right, right? No, yeah. You you're right. NIL. You're right. You get NIL. Guys are signing for millions of dollars to jump from one program to the next. But yet, my guy, mm-hmm. you could try to mail or sit over there and drag him through the mud for buying a, not, a prospective no, Michigan guy. For you, Waddle. For I'm buying saying. him a burger. Maybe he was hungry. Did he, did he throw bacon on it? Is it a bacon cheeseburger? I don't burger. know. I don't know how much. I don't know what it was. Need details yeah, on he this. could be suspended. I read something, too. He could be suspended for a couple games next you year. You know a good way to write out a suspension is? Coaching in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's how that, I'd write out yeah. that suspension if I was Jim Harbaugh. Did I see that correct? Somebody tweeted. Maybe I was just following Twitter and I didn't know what it was. But somebody had tweeted that like one of the violations was him possibly buying a meal for a yeah. for I think a, a recruit, right? At some point, I mean, like not to make too broad of a statement here. At some point, though, don't they need to find more structure with how they're going to run college it's sports? It's the Wild West, brother. It is. And is that good for everyone involved? No. It's not. No. Like they went from. Like, the way it was before, I'm not saying was the right way, but this isn't going to last. They're needed. They went in without a plan. They went in without a plan. If they figured out a way to actually police this stuff, we wouldn't have all this crazy craziness that's happening with Transfer Portal, NIL. Carm reminded me it was Jaquizki Tart who dropped the INT. For the 49ers okay. that would have put that. I'm just, I, I know. I'm just I mean, cleaning it up. And, and, okay? I, and I bet you, who did they play in the Super Bowl? The Bengals. The Bengals intercepted a pass in the post or in the uh, AFC title game, right? Like Patrick Lee Mahomes did something comeback. that they didn't expect. I'm just. My point is, is like you could go through every game yes. in the postseason and point to some and go, "Oh my God, they were really fortunate to get Dude, past I'm, that." I'm saying it was a great thing that they took advantage you, of the opportunity. Listen, I was, you, you may, it's, it, I may come to you next year and say you were right. The Rams are completely. They're t- 
toasted forever. I'm not ready to do that. The same way I wasn't ready to say that the Green Bay Packers going forward in 2023 and beyond Mm -hmm. are cooked. I'm just not ready to go there yet. Things change quickly in this league. You're right. It absolutely does. Five weeks later, things change. Speaking of crazy things, when we come back, we've Mm -hmm. got a, a Florida or Ohio story. And I also ask you a question. What do pigeons and meth have in common? We'll answer that question when we come back. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. What is this craziness? We've got Jake Cantu, who's going to give us a Florida or Ohio. Yeah, he said to I've us today, suspended. he says, I have it. Not, not by us. <laughs> not by us. Like, we don't have a problem with your debauchery. Sylvie's the one that gets a little queasy. I'm doing the college coach thing. I'm self-imposing a ban. That's what I'm doing here. He's going to pull a Jim, Jim Harbaugh today here. Jim isn't self-imposing <laughs> anything. No, Jim's going to go coach the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Yes, that's what he's going to do. All right, Jake. All right, boys. Florida, Ohio is brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes Wine tells a story of rule breakers who beat the odds and become infamous. Pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. When I think he's- of Snoop, I think of Sylvie. When I think of Sylvie, I think of Snoop. I think When I think of Snoop, I think of Snoop Cantu. Behind the glass. And I got the backpack thanks to 19 Crimes that I've been repping. That's right. So. Well done. All right. Burglars call 911 to get help moving stuff. Didn't we have this on Wednesday? Yeah, this was Wednesday. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez. All right. Damn Somebody it. needs to be now, suspended. I like here two things. I could have just gone with it. Ban. I could have just no, like, I, gone I don't with it. I don't want to be in reruns yeah. already. Yeah. Well, what's funny, too, is Kendra was in yesterday and asked me, do we need a Florida or Ohio? Because I found one. And that was the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot story. Woo! So I've given it away once. And then I picked the same story now. Yeah. Happens. Listen, All right, Jake. Jake, we're happens. not. It happens, yeah. There is a reason why we like to keep the host the same because the host knows the content that has occurred in the previous episode. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It no, 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 I'm saying, anything. though, that's, that's the key. Well, that's why Tyler always, as the host of Tyler, Florida, Ohio. Tyler, is there any way? Uh, you, uh, do you have a, t- a Florida, oh, Ohio uh, website that you can access? I could do a, a little quick cook. but uh, why, don't you qu- why don't you do that, and I'll tell you the story. I asked you the yes. question before. Pigeon or... Meth. What do pigeons and meth have in common? And I, at the break, I told you it's really there nothing. But this story I thought was interesting. This is courtesy of Jake. Pigeon wearing crystal meth like a backpack caught inside a British Columbia prison. Okay, he's wearing a meth like a backpack. Nearly he. I, I don't know. I mean, it may be a female pigeon okay. that he is or she hauling meth. Pigeon. Think about it. Pigeon. Mm-hmm. Wearing a, is wearing crystal meth on its back like a backpack mm-hmm. found inside a prison in British Columbia. Oh, okay. Nearly a century ago, a pigeon breeder approached federal customs officers with a bit of an odd problem. A pigeon he'd recently sold to a buyer in Mexico had flown back to his home in Texas with two aluminum capsules full of cocaine tied to its legs. legs. After a brief investigation, officials announced their conclusion. Carrier pigeons smuggled drugs. How about that? So guess what happened? 
they found a pigeon inside a British Columbia prison yard mm-hmm. that had meth on its back. Yes, and then I assume the meth was for the prisoners. for the prisoners and used yes. throughout the prison for recreational use. Yes. And probably sold as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. So did you know that pigeons could be used to not just be... You know, you may carry your pigeons, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. used to carry mes- messages. Now they carry math. Yeah, it seems like a Florida logical Ohio. next step. Sounds like a logical next step. Usually from find it. Florida to Ohio. There you with go. With your homing, homing pigeons. All right, did we stall long enough for you there, Tyler? Were you able to rustle something up? Or? Yeah, I got something here. All right, yeah. All right your suspension has been, you've, uh, you've gone through it. Now we're going to bring you back. All right, this state just banned gas station heroin. <laughs> Ohio. This state just banned gas station heroin. I, I would assume all 50, so both. <laughs> gas station heroin. Gas station heroin. Just banned gas station that's heroin. Be Florida. I mean, that's got to be. Nah, that's I feel be like Florida, Florida let it fly in, in the gas no. station. I'm going to say uh, Ohio doesn't want that type of uh, we, uh, activity you know what? We going are, on. We are putting our foot down. Yes. There will be no gas station I'm gonna heroin go here. I'm going to go Ohio. I'm, I'm going to go with Florida. Well, I kind of know I was, here. I was screen watching. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're screen watching. It's At least place screen in Ohio. We got just the state of Ohio just banned gas station heroin. Well, Good. Why was nice. it not banned See? before? Why no, they, gas station heroin? It's Give me still illegal in 43 states. Um, heroin is gas station heroin. Well, yeah. What, what's the difference between gas station heroin and, and stop and shop heroin? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Grocery store heroin is different than gas station heroin is different than department store heroin. The Ohio Board of Pharmacy has banned any product containing the chemical tianeptine, also known as TIA or gas station heroin, due to its opioid-like effects. Well, there you go. So it's not actual heroin. But it's gas station gas heroin. Station, yeah. Gas station heroin. Well, I didn't know what gas station Neither heroin did I, to be Neither honest. Neither did I. Until just now. Well, that's the type of hey, thing I think goes This is the learning show. We learn things here. No, no, no. We told you yesterday the learning stopped. Not for the me thinking today. Stopped. The thinking stopped. The learning continues. The stopped, yeah. All right, well, up next, Waddle's got receipts. I don't have receipts. Well, Tyler's guys, got you know Waddle's guys are, receipts. Guys and are we'll, being weird. We'll bring them to you next.